So if you are helping with VBS uh, tonight, uh, we would appreciate it if you were here at 5 o'clock to 5.15 in that range. Jenny will have instructions for you. Be ready to follow instructions um, to a T, really. Uh, you will, uh, we'll, we have a line costume, a giraffe costume. Luck of the draw, who gets those? That's not true. Uh, if you are visiting with us, uh, one of the rules of thumb in this church is you do not trust the first two or three sentences of my sermon. What animal did I put to sleep just in? A zebra? I didn't care about him anyway. Uh, no, uh, 5 to 5.15, if you would like to, if you have not told her that you were going to volunteer, you show up anyway, 5 to 5.15, we would love everyone who wants to um, influence the, the young children of this church and of this community in the name of Jesus, show up at 5.15, 5 to 5.15, if you don't want to do that, then you don't show up, but if you do want to do that, show up at 5 to 5.15, uh, that'll be absolutely worth your time. Um, I, I do not have my clicker with me up here, so you're in charge up there in the booth. Uh, today we're going to talk about a, a, a difficult one. Uh, it's, it's, it's not fun in the end for us, because I don't know how often we fall on the good side of this one. Typically when we imagine the story of Jesus, we put ourselves in the shoes of Jesus. Like when you're just thinking through a story, you typically are, like when he's, when he's telling the Pharisees what not and so forth, you're typically standing there beside him saying, yeah, Pharisees, with a phylactery on your head the whole time. You, we, we typically put ourselves in the shoes of Jesus, and the shoes of Jesus are not ones that fit us well. But we do... Uh, we do fit well into a lot of the people that Jesus were upset, was, upset, was upset with, and this time he was the most upset. And so we've got to ask ourselves, what is Jesus upset with here? Now this is, this is the time where he flipped tables. This is so violent that I actually thought about having a table and flipping it. But, I, but we have children still. And I make them cry at some point in the sermon, usually anyway, and I didn't want to start off there. But it's violent, flipping the table. I had a coach one time, uh, my basketball coach, uh, came in. We were playing a team, um, and we were playing scared, which is the worst way to play basketball. And he came in and grabbed, there was a table in the locker room, and he flipped it. It had, a, it had one of those, I don't know if y'all remember this, the, disc, the Discmans. It was like a Walkman, but worse. You know, you know those discs that if you barely shake them, they skip and you can't listen to music? We're going to give you a portable version of that that you can run with. Uh, but he had one of those on the table. Uh, one, of our, one of our players had one, on, one of those on the table. And the coach came in and just flipped it and busted the, the, the CD, the Discman. And later told that player, I'm sorry, I did that. I, I will, re, I will get, get you a new disc man. And he never did. 
And now I know, I mean, he was a teacher. He was a single teacher in the 90s. He couldn't afford a new disc man. That was setting his budget back a ways. Just like a random $150 table flip. So he, he flipped it and it, was, it, it got our attention. And you know what? We did the rest of that game. We still lost, but it still got our attention. We, still, we were still paying because it was a violent act. Jesus made a whip. Have you ever been mad enough that you were like, give me a second. I'm making a whip. I've never been that mad. And I go to Walmart. Like I've, never, I've never been mad enough to make a whip. I've never been mad enough to flip a table. But I think what we're going to find in this story, and it does occur in all four Gospels. In John, it happens in John 2. It happens early on in the Gospel. I do not think they let Jesus do this twice. Jesus clears the temple soon or close to his death. That's the only time you can clear a temple. It's close to your death. Jesus clears the city heavens. You know, we have it in Matthew 21, Luke 19, and in Mark 11, and then in John chapter 2. All four Gospels tell us about the time Jesus cleared a temple. And let's look at it, what it specifically says. Mark 21, we'll start there in verse 12. Jesus entered the temple courts. This is right after that he rode in on a donkey, right? An instrument of peace. He rode in as the prince, the prince of peace, the new king who rides in peacefully. And the first thing he does, he enters the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. And last, uh, last week, or a couple weeks ago at camp, uh, I, I went for a run uh, while the kids were going swimming. And uh, I, the previous day I turned left out of the camp and uh, ran down that way and came back. And then this, this day I, I turned right and a dog found me. And I didn't have a stick or a, I don't know what you would use. But I just, I felt, and he, would, he thought I was playing with him. I couldn't run. He was messing up my mile time. But I couldn't run. He was nipping, nipping at me, and uh, I turn. And so I looked like an idiot. And we, I, when I turned into the camp, he followed me all the way back to the camp. I got kind of this dog around these third, fourth, and fifth graders. So I was standing there at the camp edge, going, ah, ah, I don't know what to do. And this dog was like, I've seen all those tricks. But I don't, I've never driven. You know, like, he drove people out. Who? He was specific. He wasn't like, everybody get out. There was a certain type of person Jesus drove out of the temple courts. All who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. And he says this. Verse, uh, verse 13. It is written, he said to them, My house will be a house of prayer, but you are, turn, are making it in, uh, in a den of robbers. In quotes. The blind and lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. Okay, so, let's back up. Back up to two verses. 
He comes in and what he sees are people buying and selling. And he makes, okay, in the next verse, 13, he makes a claim about, uh, it is, it is, you, you're making, it's supposed to be a house of prayer, you have made it a den of robbers. Okay, let's jump over to Luke, chapter 19. Alright, no, I'm sorry, Mark, you're good, Mark, Mark 11. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. Verse 16 says, and and he would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. Then he says in verse 17, it is not, is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. But you have made it a den of robbers. So Mark adds this little bit that's actually in the quoted verse of it is a house of prayer for all nations. See, God had a dream in the prophets. God's dream was that his temple courts would be a place, not just where people from Jewish people came, not just the people of Israel, but people from everywhere would come to pray to God. It would be a house of prayer. And then he tells them in the prophets, but you've made it a den of robbers. Now let's go to Luke 19. When Jesus entered the temple courts and began to drive out those who were selling it is written, he said to them, my house will be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. They were selling. Now, it doesn't quite mean what you think it means. It doesn't mean that you can't sell something in church. Um, now, because otherwise, what would the band kids do when they had cookie dough to sell? <laughs> That's always just a mad rush. Everyone's always late at this church until it's the kids selling cookie dough and then they come in there at nine at the door ready to, will you buy my cookie dough? They, they, and they're all, and the disappointment on their face when you say, oh, I'm sorry, I, I, I already gave my cookie dough money to Corbin, you know, or whatever. Um, it's not that, we had, we, we had t-shirts for sale, like I brought religious t-shirts um, and sold them at our church and people threw a fit. They were like, you do not do this. I went to a King and Country concert last night for King and Country. They are amazing, by the way. And I'm not like a, I'm not an easy person to please musically and they are incredible. Um, so if you have a chance to go see for King and Country, go do that. But they have vendors all over the place they had nachos. This is a magic spray. They had nachos, and then they had uh, frozen, uh, frozen snow cones and popcorn, and then funnel cakes, and then um, the Miller Light Bud Light vendor was way over there, just off in the corner by itself. At this Christian concert, and then the pastor, but like the guy who's in charge of it. They, they, there's a church in Hot Springs that kind of partners with Magic Springs to do this, and he comes out and he's like, "Listen, guys, you know, he's all, he's very he's very youth minister pastorish. He's like, listen, guys, you need to, uh, you need these guys are, uh, are fantastic. You need to buy everything they have." Because I'm like, is there an exception for that one? <laughs> what about what about the middle of that Bud Light guys? Can I? Do we need to buy everything they have too? And it was such like a, we're going to worship God and you buy everything these people have. 
But, you know, for some Church of Christ people, that might be the only way to get the Spirit. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> the, Sometimes I should keep the inside thoughts on the inside. <laughs> but, it's just people will, will edit that from the video. The, but, that's not what this is about either. Like, I, I could say, well, you know, Luke 19, Jesus drove out the vendors from a place of worship. That's not what this is talking about. The, the scary thing is, it's talking about something way worse that we're probably more guilty of. What was happening? All right, let's imagine you are a, uh, a, a Jewish uh, person who lives in Ephesus. Ephesus is a long journey. Um, you're a middle, middle like, well, there's no middle class, but you're a lower class Jewish person. And so the Bible says that whenever the Passover comes, you make the journey to the temple. And you offer up a sacrifice. Now, you may have the money to buy a dove in Ephesus to sacrifice. If you're a lower class person, it's not gonna, you're not going to bring a, a, a cow. You don't have cattle. You don't have the money for cattle. Um, you're you're going to buy a dove or two. But you're not going to buy it in Ephesus. It's Ephesian currency. Roman currency. You're going to take your money or even if you do have a dove, you're going to sell that dove. Or sell that, even if you're wealthy, you're going to sell that ox or, or cow and get the money for it and travel with the money instead of with the, with the livestock. So you travel all the way. And if you're a Jew, that, that's what you do. If you're a converted Jew, so a God-fearer or a proselyte, somebody who's been circumcised or somebody who hasn't, like you, you, are, you are going to go pray to God. You're making the journey to worship. So you, you, give, the, you give the money up, or you give the, the cattle up, you get the money, you pocket the money, you go to Jerusalem. The first place you need to go now that you're in Jerusalem is you have to figure out how to get that animal back. And so what they had done is they, they had set up in the temple courts these, these vendors who would make money exchanges. So if you had the wrong kind of currency, they would exchange your currency. And then they had other tables where you could buy a sacrifice. A sacrifice. They knew the system. Problem is, they took advantage of the system. Is the, the 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 money exchange was a higher rate, and so you 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 lost money just exchanging currencies. You lost, and then they price gouged the doves and the cattle. Then they could kill them. So if they could they can exchange the money. They can uh, buy the cattle or sell the cattle. So those who are buying and selling, it's not the people showing up wanting the uh, wanting something to sacrifice. It's the people on the other side of the table who are taking advantage of those who are in need. Jesus flips the tables of those who had 
grabbed hold of the idols of power and greed and called it religion. I think you can fall into that trap sometimes. I think you can fall into the trap of, of treating other people like they're beneath us and actually even maybe even taking advantage of those people. Of telling those people they're less than. Making them feel less than us. And Jesus comes into that part of our life and that's when He's angriest. When we, are, when we feel superior and rightfully so. Because you know God kind of, this is what God wants and we're just kind of taking advantage of the system. The people who are, who are um, taking advantage of those who are just less than. Or see the world like that. Like I'm the true, I'm the true religious sort of people. And then there's other people that are, you know, they're not as good. I was in line at a, at a youth camp one time uh, to get food. And you don't skip a meal at youth camp. You need, need food when you can get it. And it was, um, I was standing in a crowd of uh, three people I was standing next to um, were uh, two black young men and a white young man. And the white young man said something uh, that was, frankly, racist. And the two black teenagers said, man, that's, that's racist to say. That's not good to say. That's racist. And the, the white kid said, no, that's, no, it's not. And I jumped in, swung in on my rope, <laughs> and said, you, I told the, 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 the young white kid, he probably doesn't even remember my name, just remembers me yelling in his face. I said, you don't get to make the call. You don't get, you're not the one who gets to tell these two young men, what is racist? You don't get to make that call. You're not the one who, you're the one, you, you don't, you imagine how much of a power flex that is? Is to say, I'm, I'm privileged, and you tell, and when someone says to me, oh, well, that's not right, I go, well, I get to tell you what's right. I get to tell you when you get to be offended. I'm the one with the power here. Not okay. When we treat what, what God's hope was, was for all nations to come in and be blessed in the house of prayer. For all people. So Jesus would walk in our churches and flip some tables, I'm sure. Because he would spot things that we don't spot. He would, see, he would see things, he would see systems that we don't see. Because he cares deeply for the people who are hurting, the people who are oppressed, the people who are, are not taken care of because of where they came from. He's, he is absolutely against that. And I think it's in this... In this... Avenue. That sometimes we are tempted 
to let the prophets on our political talk shows tell us more about what we should think about this than what the scriptures say. We're tempted by that. Well, people are too sensitive nowadays. Jesus made a whip. Jesus flipped a table when he saw that people were being hurt just because of who they are and where they came. I have like zero interest in picking a side of a secular argument. But when Jesus comes in and sees people hurting because of who they are, where they came from, their financial need, when Jesus comes in and sees people impacted by, by our, our power over them, tables get flipped, whips get made. People are driven out of the house of God. You know, we're so like church growthy. Sometimes, like, we're like, how can we get more people into doors? And Jesus is running them out. You know one way not to grow your church? Drive them out with a whip. <laughs> Flip over their tables of financial success. Run them out. Jesus didn't. Drive out the money vendors, the money changers, the dove vendors. He didn't flip over the tables because of the actions, but because of who the actions were impacted. Jesus drove out the temple for a reason. Corbin, if you could go back to Matthew chapter 21. So he enters the temple. And drove out all who were buying and selling, carry over from the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. Verse 13 then gives the statement, my house was supposed to be a house of prayer. Remember Mark adds the for all nations. But you are making it a den of robbers. And then look what happens at 14. The blind and the lame came to him and he healed the weak, the vulnerable, those in the most need came to him. Jesus will not prop up your power grabs and your financial success. Jesus will drive that out of you. Your desire to, to, to be in charge, to be right, to be, uh, to be powerful... I always am um, intimidated a bit by sermons like these. Because I think this is what the text is telling us. But what I can feel is myself stepping on nerves. Ones that might be exposed or overexposed. Because you can tell what you truly worship 
by identifying what the central figure is in the, in the community that gets you the most emotion. Right? So whatever, whatever thing you gather around that gets you hyped up. So it might be the Razorbacks. Tigers, I guess. I don't know. We've got some LSU people in here. Some of you reacted just in like, I said there was a Democrat in the room. <laughs> just joking. Just kidding. Although we finally do have an elephant on the pulpit. I'm just saying. They ran me off the pulpit and put an elephant there. But, the, whatever, whatever you, whatever you gather around that is the most intense for you, whatever when someone violates that particular community, you are the angriest about, that is what you worship. I don't think I'm stepping on a scriptural nerve here, and I don't even get nervous about the scriptural, I'm not like veering off course into some like extra biblical idea. But I still feel the tension in the room and I knew it would be here over such conversations of power and greed and treating the other less than what they deserve. Why do I feel that? It's because we might worship something else. We might actually worship power and greed. We might actually be sitting at the tables of the vendors saying we can get what we get from the people. We might actually be sitting at the money changing tables saying, well, you know, this is just how the world works. This is our system in place. It can't be helped. And Jesus says it can be helped with. It can be helped. Let's drive them out. What Jesus needs in the temple courts are the lame and the blind. What Jesus needs in the temple courts is not power and greed. Even, even they were work Like everybody did this. Everybody lined up at the tables. Everyone took money. It's just whoever got there first, you know, just kind of work within the system you have. And Jesus says, this system will not stand. Talks, Paul talks later in the, in the Bible about knocking over the dividing wall. This idea that there was a place for the others and there was a place for those who were accepted. In the temple courts, the Gentiles couldn't go further. And they were kind of stuck there. Jesus tore that down for us. This is, this is what's crazy. Who, where we should be in this story, we should be in the shoes of the other. And know what it feels like that even though we don't belong, even though I'm not the chosen people, I am loved by God and treated like a child. <clears throat> Who do you need to flip some tables for? What is your particular money-changing table?
We are called to protect those who are weak. We are called to protect those who are suffering, to protect those who are vulnerable, because that's what Jesus did consistently. The whole book of Luke is that. Is Jesus going from one vulnerable person to the next, protecting them, loving them, showing them kindness, and, and bringing them, showing them a bit of heaven by, by healing them? When he gets to the end in Luke 19, he's furious with these people who are disadvantaging those he had loved. This is something Christians should take seriously. No matter your country, no matter your place, no matter where you are, there are vulnerable people who are hurting, there are, there are poor people who are suffering, there are, there are hated people who are, effect, who are affected by other people's hate toward them. We should be turning tables over for them. There's a place to get angry. And you know, we, we do get angry. There's a place for it. People are like, well, Jesus got mad. Jesus got mad at injustice. Jesus didn't get mad at his waitress who didn't bring the chips fast enough. Jesus didn't get mad at the person walking slowly in front of them. Jesus didn't get mad at, at little inconveniences that, you know, uh, he was driving, riding a donkey and another donkey pulled out in front of him. <laughs> Jesus got mad at injustice. And when this isn't right, I don't care what, I don't care where, where you stood before, it's just flat not right. Jesus got mad at that. If, if you're more prone to getting mad about selfish things than you are about things where other people are really hurting, that's going to take some prayer. We're willing to pray for you. If you've never, if you've never experienced the, the righteous indignation of Jesus Christ in the world, to go into the world and go, this is not heaven, so I will make it my job to bring heaven to this place. If you've never experienced that and never been a part of Jesus, today's not the day to get baptized. I'm just kidding. We will do it. <laughs> no, it's easy. Yeah, it's easily moved. Actually, last year at BBS, we did get we did get baptized. Uh, we did have a baptism, so we can do it. We will do it today. This is your day to decide. I'm going to go into the world and I'm going to stand up for what Jesus stood up for. I don't care who stands against me. Now pay attention. It got Jesus killed. It's not something that's easy. It's not something that's accepted. It got Jesus killed. This is the first one. This is the act that got him killed. Are you willing to accept it? If you are, please come forward while we're standing out. <laughs>